according to reports. And of course, without fail, CNN's leading the way uh, with with that with this media package all weekend, all the tear jerking, uh, heart wrenching segments, and so forth, and uh, all the rest of it. So let me but let me share you. This is Rupert Murdoch's uh, uh, new acquisition, The Times of London. Okay, boy. Okay, boy victim. Here's the headline. Boy victim becomes symbol of Assad's war. Okay, so you can see this is uh, this is the propaganda prepping here, prepping the mind, Assad's war. So after all that we've seen, uh, after all the terrorist activity that we know uh, is being backed by uh, the NATO member countries and their Gulf state allies, uh, the, Rupert Murdoch is still uh, calling it Assad's war. So this is a bit of uh, mass brainwashing on the part of the mainstream media. So images of young survivors sparks global outrage. That's the sun's, or it's the sun, it's just Freudian slip. The Times uh, sub-headline there. So images of young survivors spark global outrage. Now, that's an interesting idea, okay? Let me just put something out to you, okay, for those of you who are listening to this show who are, on the whole, very uh, discriminant uh, media consumers. They can discriminate between propaganda, spin, and fact and truth. So I'll tell you, sparking global outrage, um, you know what? The more they do this, the more they stage these um, incubate, uh, babies being thrown out of incubators or whatever it is, uh, there's less and less global outrage. The only thing that's outrageous is the mainstream media coverage. Okay, that's the only outrageous thing going on globally. It's it's the way that this stuff is being spun. It's quite simply spectacular. Okay, and so we have. I'm reading this here. Five year old boy sits in caked in dust in the back of an ambulance, being attended by nobody. I might add, his feet dangling over the edge of an orange seat. So the the uh, Al Nusra, and in fact, if you look at the video of this, like I said, you look at the whole video. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Some of you might be able to isolate this, but there's an Al Nusra patch on one of these so-called first responders. So this is like very similar to the sort of fake white helmet videos uh, and rescue scenes that many many of them are faked or staged. Uh, that's been proven by quite a few people. Um, and you can go look at those yourself and, and make up your own mind. Don't take my word for it. But they're extremely staged, uh, many people think. So And so, staring blankly ahead, eyes vacant, with shock, he touches his head and, surprised to see blood, wipes his hand clean on the chair. So the boy's not crying. He's not in any pain or anything. He's in shock, all right, I, I, because he's, he's being used as a prop uh, by by NATO, essentially. And this is used to spark outrage. Now, they put the agenda right here in the article in the Times. So, haunting video footage of Umran, the tiny survivor of a suspected Russian airstrike. So, again, they're making up uh, what the scene is here. No one knows if it's an airstrike or if it's a Russian airstrike, if it's a real airstrike. If there's any strike, no one knows. They're just at the sort of rubbly location uh, and they've pulled this boy out of a dark corner with all sorts of guys shouting and looking busy, standing around filming it, which is an interesting scene. Uh, and then on the besieged city of Aleppo. Now they say besieged city of Aleppo. It's eastern Aleppo. 
Okay, Western Aleppo has 1.5 million people that are under the protection of uh, law enforcement of the state of Syria. Uh, and, okay, so it's not the city of Aleppo. The Times is just spinning it. And so this has been, here we go again, this has been seen around the world providing a new iconic face of a largely unseen tragedy. So they've actually included the agenda here for you. So this is the iconic face, as the Times says. So the image drew comparisons with that of uh, Alian Kurdi, the Syrian boy whose body washed up on a Turkish beach, prompting a global outpouring of sympathy and influencing Angela Merkel's decision to open German borders to refugees. This is in the Times. So the, the whole sort of hook, line, and sinker uh, Hegelian sort of puzzle is right here in the first three paragraphs of the Times article. Now, you might not find this online because uh, Rupert Murdoch and the Times put their propaganda out uh, on the newsstand and they lock it off to the public. You have to pay them to see their art. You have to pay to see their propaganda on the Internet, which is, it can be handy to buy a subscription if you want to sort of keep track in the research and so forth. Um, but it's cheaper for me just to, you know, pay 50p or 80p or whatever and buy the hard copy uh, every once in a while rather than subscribe to it every day. Um, but there it is, folks. So they wanted to make this kid, this young boy, use him as a tool to be the next Alian Kurdi, the Syrian boy, who uh, washed up on a Turkish beach, prompting Angela Merkel to open her borders, etc., etc. By the way, Alian Kurdi, um, I believe his father was the skipper of the boat that this boy was in, and I believe his mother and some siblings were also on this boat. Uh, that's interesting. At least that's my understanding of it. And they, the father became a kind of media celebrity afterwards. He was like clean-shaven the next day, bouncing around, all quite happy and cheerful doing his spots to camera. That was just a little bit too weird for my taste. Uh, but and nonetheless, this is the, this is the global uh, outrage industry that we talk about before. And uh, this is the, the latest installment this week with the young boy here. So isn't it amazing? Okay. Uh, and this, this photo was taken by Mahmoud Raslan from the uh, Aleppo Media Center. This is an Al-Nusra-affiliated media outlet. So the Al-Nusra-incorporated media uh, supplied this image, this video, this wonderful uh, iconic video to the Western media, and they ran it without question. That, there, there you go. This is how the process works. And who is this guy? Well, we checked his Facebook page, and I think there's a quote here from him. At least I, I, I believe this is him. This is on Mahmoud Raslan's Facebook page. Um, he said, the best times I have spent have been with suicide bombers. That's a rough uh, translation uh, from collo colloquial Arabic uh, off that page. That's the photographer who supplied this uh, video. He's a so-called, quote, activist for the Aleppo Media Center, which is an Al-Nusra-affiliated, um, could we call it a propaganda outlet? I think we could, but you don't read that in any of the Western uh, reports. So it's all interesting, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I'll just add a few about the outrage here. So we don't know where this was. We don't know what the injuries were. They said they spent one hour digging this kid out of the rubble, and yet he has no injuries. And uh, the whole family's home. They're fine. They've been released uh, from medical care. 
And uh, then w- the, earlier in the week, we were also told this is this is also interesting that uh, fifteen doctors wrote Obama. They're supposedly Aleppo doctors. We find out at least it's my understanding here that uh, these doctors are not in Aleppo. They're for part of the Syrian American Medical Society, and they wrote this. Uh, uh, indignation letter to President Obama demanding that he do more to attack the Syrian government to stop the horror, stop the carnage in East Aleppo. They also claim some of these doctors, there's 43 hospitals in East Aleppo. I mean, look, the whole of New York City, 8.9 million, there's, there's only 60 hospitals, medical centers in, in New York City. And uh, East Aleppo's got 43, we're told. So basically any sort of pop-up uh, uh, location, you just put a sign on it as hospital in East Aleppo, and that sort of that does it. So here's CNN running stats on this. Uh, the big, colorful infographics, uh, 18.5 thousand uh, people killed in Aleppo, it says, and 4.5 of them are children. 4.5 thousand of those 18.5 thousand are children. Okay. Now, it doesn't specify where they're where these people have died in East or West Aleppo. And it doesn't specify whether they were killed at the hands of the terrorists in East Aleppo, who we call rebels, firing uh, Helk, or in West Aleppo, because the terrorists are firing indiscriminately targeting civilian populations in the West with Hell cannons that uh, just so happened to be the exact same description in terms of the uh, how they're packed and their shape and uh, the damage they do as the so-called barrel bombs that we hear John McCain and John Kerry talking so much about. Isn't that an interesting coincidence? So, again, uh, no journalism done by CNN or any of them. And uh, let me just uh, hammer a point home here for our listeners before we go to break and try to connect Vanessa Bealey. This is an article from the Evening Standard from October third, two 2001. The headline reads... The Million Dollar Man. It says CNN spent $1 million covering the first two days of the U.S. uh, 9-11 attacks in New York. Can it afford to cover the war against terrorism? Uh, David Rowan talks to news chief Chris Kramer. So this is the head of uh, CNN News at the time in 2001. And uh, he said, uh, well, this is going to be a short conflict, he says, but we'll do all it takes. And he's talking about, uh, I guess, September 11th. So, <laughs> conflict, interesting. So, three weeks on, uh, that open-ended uh, commitment is giving the accountants heartburn uh, coming amid uh, contraction that cost CNN hundreds of jobs, they had 400 layoffs at the time. Uh, so, anyway, here's the point. They spent $1 million in two days covering 9-11. And here is the problem with with the corporate media, who are basically functionaries of Western governments at the end of the day, okay, and military defense contractors. They spend $1 million covering 9-11 in the first two days. They don't spend $1 investigating it. I'll repeat that. They spend $1 million covering it, but they don't spend $1 investigating it. This. So if you think that somehow the mainstream media is giving the public a fair shake here with Syria for the last five years. Just go back and look at some of these choice articles from 9-11. I've got a whole stack of them here. It's incredible. There's no investigation. No one's asking any questions. 
Uh, they cough up the name Osama bin Laden, and the media is just lineups and yes, sir, three bags full, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, bin Laden, bin Laden in the echo chamber. Bin Laden, bin Laden, bin Laden. Must be Osama bin Laden. And then the the, the war machine goes into goes into high gear. And I'm reading here. They said they're ready to attack Iraq and anyone else who had anything to do with uh, 9/11. This is at, right after the in the aftermath. Wall Street Journal: Terror assault stuns the U.S. Mass attacks shred sense of security. Massacre sends wave of horror across the nation. So, and again, it's talking about uh, uh, this is the, the the serenity and security that America enjoyed uh, since the end of World War II. Uh, has been taken away uh, by this uh, horrible attack here. And they go on and on. Uh, basically, no, no one's really that interested in anything other than just waiting to see what the Pentagon's saying or what the U.S. government's saying. And it just makes you wonder. One million dollars CNN spent covering 9-11, not one dollar investigating it. Same with Syria. They're not spending a dollar to know the truth. But they're spending millions covering it, spinning it, okay, to further what is clearly uh, a, a military, a geopolitical agenda. Uh, this is a foreign policy uh, uh, agenda that the United States, that Britain, that France, that NATO nations, that their Gulf allies have to destroy the nation of Syria. It's the same way they had an, an agenda to destroy the nation of Libya. Look at Libya now. There's still people running around making excuses about Libya, trying to justify it, saying, oh, it's a mistake, and oh, we didn't mean to do that. Oh, it wasn't supposed to happen, but oh, it's a shame. A shame the whole nation collapsed. I mean, uh, we set up the uh, Syria National Council, what do they call it, the Transnational Council in Syria, the government uh, they set up in Paris or something like that. Anyway, they've done the same thing in Syria. I don't know how many of these Vichy-type uh, governments they've, they've spun in. They're staying in a five-star hotel in Paris or, I don't know, some in London, flying between Washington, having meetings in the, uh, I don't know, doing the kind of Ahmed Chalabi shuffle between Washington and London and Paris. Remember Ahmed Chalabi, the Iraqi, uh, supposed to be heading the Iraqi provisional uh, government in exile. That was the uh, the guy flying into Baghdad with suitcases, uh, empty suitcases coming out with suitcases full of cash and gold and God knows what else on a diplomatic uh, passport back to America. Uh, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? So what happened to Chalabi? I don't know. But uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a short commercial break. Um, I'll share some of these stories at another time, but these 9-11 stories are unbelievable. I have to go through and, and really isolate um, certain aspects of them. But it just goes to show you that they lied to us then. They're lying to us now. Okay? A little more sophisticated now with the lies, but it's the same thing. And we will look back in 10 years or 15 years, and we'll have the same discussion about Syria. We're already having it. Okay? But just to prove a point... We're going to take a short station break and connect our next guest here at the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. Stay right there. Better. Stronger. Faster. 